The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Friday Point. You can listen to The Point 9 a.m. each weekday at 88.9 FM or at kpov.org. You deserve a break today, so get up and get away. You may recognize that catchy phrase. Could that be the jingle that hailed the arrival of super fast comfort food? After all, you do deserve a break today, or do you? Speaking of the effects of commercial jingles stuck in the deep crevices of our subconscious mind, have you been smoking more and enjoying it less? And the brand doctors choose most. Can you believe that doctors at one time actually advertised a favorite brand of tobacco-filled cigarettes? It's a fact, even if you're not old enough to believe it. Corporations affect our lives in untold ways. Sometimes we can be reprogrammed and begin to think critically about things we have control over. Namely, what we choose to eat or not to eat and how it will affect our lives. The only thing that's constant is change, plus or minus, and it's up to each of us. Our guest today is Dr. John Corso, board-certified doctor of internal medicine and author of the 2007 Amazon bestseller, Stupid Reasons People Die, an ingenious plot for diffusing deadly diseases, a book that explores many ways people become victims of diseases that we already know how to prevent. John was our guest several weeks ago and is back today to help us better understand the safest, most productive, and simple way to follow the keto diet. The keto plan has become so popular that the market is now flooded with superfluous commercialized keto products that can actually detour us from an already simple eating plan that is, especially when done right. Here are some important stats. The global keto diet market size is valued at $10.22 billion. Keto-friendly product offerings are skyrocketing in retail and online. 70% of keto dieters don't track their blood ketones. Welcome to the week's end point. Central Oregon's premier community affairs program. Prepare to get an earful of excellent information from John Corso, who has studied the keto diet in depth from the perspective of an internal medicine doctor. Now retired, John has seen many of the devastating health issues that could have been avoided by following healthy eating protocols. Board certified Internal medicine doctor John Corso is back to elaborate on some of the more important key points of the keto diet and how making consistent, careful choices can allow you to eat healthy and enjoy it all at the same time. Can you imagine that? If you can imagine, speak to us, Zen Master John Corso. Let's let's talk about the the boogeyman in the room. Let's talk about that dark word cholesterol. Oh, but first let's talk about Zen Master. I I, I, I think I, I prefer Keto Warrior. Okay, or, okay, or okay. Ninja perhaps. Uh, oh. Cholesterol, yeah, cholesterol is a very misunderstood. It's as bad subject. as tobacco. <laughs> yeah, who knew tobacco was good for you, right? Yeah. No, uh, just kidding. The uh, yeah, well, cholesterol is something that most. Most just general people, lay people, as well as quite a few doctors misunderstand. We, we think, oh, if my cholesterol level is high, I'm going to have a heart attack. And if it's low, I'm going to be safe. And so if I eat food with cholesterol, it's going to go higher. I'm going to increase my risk for a heart attack. And if I don't eat it, I'm going to be healthier. When the, the, the truth of the matter is extremely different. Um, first of all, uh, cholesterol levels by themselves don't give us a whole lot of information. And 
what a lot of people don't know is the vast majority of people who have heart attacks, who, who survive them or who die of heart attacks, the vast majority of them have normal cholesterol. And many of them have even low cholesterol. And it turns out that the association between your total cholesterol number, or even your, some people know about the LDL, the bad cholesterol, the, to, the association between that number of, in your blood and how likely you are to have a heart attack is extremely loose. And there are much better ways to to sort of look to see if you're likely to have a heart attack or not. So um, I guess I would really like everybody to uh, start thinking about their concepts of cholesterol as maybe being wrong. Uh, the other day, I think I mentioned on your show last time, I had a, a friend say, oh, you know, don't eat all these eggs I'm giving you at one time. You'll have a heart attack because there's cholesterol in the eggs. This is so untrue. And so um, I don't know what how deep you want to get into it, Stephen, but cholesterol levels are a very small part of the whole, yeah. whole picture. Well, and also I think more so is the fact that as I look back on my own life, I think that my intake of dietary fat was too low when I was younger and it actually probably impeded hormone production because it is directly related to hormone production. That's true. Uh, dietary fat comes in two forms, uh, two, two general forms. There's cholesterol, which is sort of a, it, it's kind of a, the shape of a sheet of paper. And then there's uh, fatty acids, which is more, which are more like long strings and these are the two different types of fat and we need both but unlike the 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 long chain fatty acids and so forth our every cell in our body makes cholesterol we can't live without cholesterol cholesterol is the foundation of many of our hormones it's absolutely vital for our cell membranes and it has thousands of uses many of which we don't even know yet it's a vital component and it is not the bad guy um, and we won't necessarily need have time to get into all this, but uh, maybe it's another visit. But what matters more is how is the little packages that carry cholesterol around in your blood. Uh, you may or may not know cholesterol cannot travel in your blood by itself. It has to be put into a vehicle, and those vehicles do matter, and that's another whole subject. Uh, but most of blood tests don't measure those. Yeah, you know, I, I think... You know, we have to kind of hit it from a macro level. And most certainly, you know, is there any linkage between cholesterol and diabetes? Well, it turns out that uh, it kind of goes the other way between diabetes and cholesterol. Okay. Um, it turns out that when people get diabetes or pre-diabetes, when they start heading down that path towards adult onset diabetes, um, and which is an epidemic as we discussed last time, what happens is the the way we carry cholesterol in our body changes. And instead of packaging our cholesterol in these big, fluffy, benign vehicles that carry it through our bloodstream, we tend to get smaller, uh, harder to grab onto uh, vehicles. Uh, they're called LDLs, but they're small and they're dense and they're highly oxidized. This is more a function of being pre-diabetic or diabetic. So the diabetes makes the, the way we carry our cholesterol more dangerous. Yeah, I was unaware of that. Uh, most certainly... I, I think that it's still hard to wrap my mind around all of it because so much of this has to do with liver function. And, you know, I think that the liver is directly uh, involved in production of 
uh, internal or not, excuse me, not dietary cholesterol, but the cholesterol that's produced in our body. That's correct. Well, the liver, I think you would consider the liver, uh, yes, it does synthesize cholesterol when we need it, but every cell in our body can synthesize cholesterol. It also recycles cholesterol. Uh, initially, uh, one of the main ways is through the bile. We, we make bile to help digest our food, and then we recycle that. It gets reabsorbed, and the liver recycles that, and it's mainly made out of cholesterol. But the liver is responsible for making the packages that cholesterol travels in, and that is very important. But the liver is not the culprit here. The liver will make the same package every time. Uh, it's called a VLDL. It'll put that out into the bloodstream, and then the rest of our body's metabolism will change that into an LDL cholesterol, and those LDLs can be safe or they can be more dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it really becomes quite complex, and, and the study of fats is far more complex than I ever expected. Uh, you know, why don't you kind of give us a list of the fats that you would consider most beneficial to the human body well let me all let's start with the ones that aren't if okay. you don't mind that, yeah. that's that's yeah. a better way to approach right. it and the really bad one is trans fats yeah now trans fats don't occur naturally in large amounts they do occur in the in the intestines of some uh, mammals so in cows and sheep and so forth but trans fats are again there's the they're the string shaped molecules and there are long ch carbon chains, and sometimes there's something called an um, unsaturated connection, and that's not that important. But the direction of that unsaturation can determine if something is a trans fat. Now, the shape of this trans fat is dangerous. It leads to inflammation, uh, and also has been highly associated with heart disease. But the main source of trans fats, we don't get in nature. We get it in foods that have had their uh, oils that have been hydrogenated or made to be uh, polyunsaturated. And this is an artificial uh, technique to change the oil into something that they would put into food. Fortunately, since 2018, trans fats have been banned in the United States in the production of food. So our trans fat exposure has gone way, way down. And that is, again, it's mostly artificial fat. There's a, there are some natural sources of it that probably aren't a big problem. Then there is a very mild uh, possible risk with saturated fats. This was the big deal back in the 60s, 50s and 60s. Saturated fats are going to, are going to, are going to kill your heart. The classic saturated fat is Crisco. They take oil and then they saturate it with hydrogen and it becomes solid. And so um, saturated fat, so there's, it's a very, very weak signal, Steve. It's, it, there may be a very tiny uh, danger of heart disease with eating a lot of saturated fats, but compared to the danger of heart disease from eating sugars, it's, it's trivial. Yeah, and I think that, you know, in the idea of mixing in vegetables with uh, sources of fat, kind of spares you some of the the uh, problems that you might have from eating a really high fat diet obviously you need to eat fruits and veg at least some degree of vegetables sure vegetables are great yeah for and the micronutrients the micronutrients and the, the phytonutrients which is the information they give the body but but the then let's talk about the good fats the good fats to me and again the science here is still up in the air a little bit but the good fats to me are those oils especially that you get from cold pressing things so this would be olive oil this would be avocado oil coconut oil these three i think you can eat all you want if you're on the keto diet um a little bit less so um i'm a little bit more leery of things like corn oil and vegetable oil and canola oil because those are heat extracted and you might develop some trans fats with that inadvertently or some other forms of fat that are, are maybe 
not so healthy. These are the heat changes them, and that's that's a problem. But it's not a big problem. Yeah, and I think that you know it, it kind of goes back to that statement about uh, the fact that we have been eating fast food for a number of years, and th- the changes that take place in food when we serve it up long and short definitely affect the food and if if you're not paying close enough attention to what you're actually putting in your body if you're eating a lot of fast food you're really taking a risk you are well the fast food has a lot of carbohydrates in it which is not great but they don't always use the, in fact they never use the healthiest oils because they're more expensive exactly yeah yeah it's it's a shame uh i think i i lost my taste for mcdonald's french fries long ago <laughs> shouldn't, I, have, shouldn't have said mcdonald's i still have the taste for them i'll tell you that i don't eat them but i sure did like them <laughs> yeah, i hear you i think it it bears out that we should talk about some of the mistakes that people make on the keto diet sure yeah. and, I, and i think that's a big problem with the keto diet are the mistakes right well the biggest mistake i've seen and we've and my wife and i have taught the keto diet to probably two dozen people at least some of whom have just t- taken to it uh, systematically and have just had spectacular results and other people who haven't and the ones who haven't invariably don't do it right and what they do wrong is they are not monitoring their net carbohydrate intake accurately they're assuming they're they're assuming that oh well th- you know this is this is natural so it's probably fine and then they eat three or four sun-kissed oranges which is just a sugar factory and then they've gone over way over their limit of carbohydrate you have to actually count all the carbohydrates in your food for the first few weeks till you get to know what's what let me give you one example Peanuts, I mean nuts in general, are considered a high-fat option in the keto diet. Macadamia nuts and pecans and walnuts are fantastic. But almonds, you'd think they'd be just fine. They got a fair amount of carbs in them. And cashews, don't even go there. And peanuts are not nuts. They're legumes and they're full of carbs. You can have some, but you've got to count. And so once you get sort of a second nature of how many carbs are in the various foods that you like, then you can budget and keep it under the 25 or 30 grams yeah, and unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of us become unconscious. It's like people who drink coffee. Well, I've drank coffee for years and drank it black, but when you start adding stuff in, mm-hmm. it oh yeah, the that's, that's a good one. Oh yeah, coffee coffee doesn't have any. Yeah, so I'm ordering a double macchiato latte or something like that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Or, or the here's the great a great one. Oh, I got it with uh, I got it with oat milk or I got it with um, coconut milk. Yeah, but. Look at the bottle of coconut milk they're using. It's full of sugar. It's not the it's not the unsweetened. So you have to really be aware of these nuances and count the carbs. Well, and you know, from our years of being in the fitness industry, I think one of the most important things you can do is choose carefully the food you eat and make sure you eat as fresh and natural as you possibly can. And I'm sure that's a hallmark of the keto diet. It is. And you know, it, no one can be really expected to to create the perfect keto starting diet on their own. It's just and and there are, and there's some bad uh there's some bad advice out there. But there are a few Sources I mentioned last time. I'm going to mention them again if I may. Just, I think you can look at the uh, beginning keto uh, YouTube videos of either Dr. Boz, B-O-Z. She has three introductory uh, videos, and then she has a lot of videos after that. And then Thomas DeLauer, D-E-L-A-U-R-E, I think. Thomas DeLauer, his introductory keto diets are are extraordinarily well thought out and if you just want to say well what should i eat for the next month go to thomas delauer and and follow his advice and just make what he says yeah it's a cinch when you become a doctor 
at least most doctors I've seen, become pretty obsessed with how you achieve health. Mm -hmm. And most certainly, what you put in your mouth has a tremendous effect on your health. And, you know, I all, it is, I mean, obviously it's my field of work. And I often lose sight of the fact that what is just obvious to me, using the jargon and understanding macronutrients and things like that, it's second nature because it's part of my job. But many, in fact, most people really don't understand all that, which is why it's a really good idea to go to a source such as YouTube to get started. And then once you see the effects that it has, when you do it correctly, then, you know, the hook is sort of sunk. You're seeing the weight melt off. You're not hungry. You feel more energy. Then it becomes pretty self-sustaining. And these people then get highly educated. And then it's very successful. Absolutely. I think everybody has gotten used to YouTube for fixing your car, fixing your house, fixing your toilet. Yep. Why not fix your diet? <laughs> right. If you know the right sources. And then, you know, other other obstacles, as we mentioned before on the last show, include the fact that people live in families where there may not have they may not have support one person wants to go on the keto the other the other rest of the family doesn't it's normal to object to that who wants to give up their soda who wants to give up all the the yummy carbohydrates um so that's a that's a i don't have an answer for that it's it, I just families support your your keto member uh, you know and that goes for almost any endeavor that's outside of what people call normal in america and i'm not sure what normal in america is anymore but it is it's really challenging i I know we've had uh, a number of different people live with us and it is challenging so i know your wife is a good cook she must really enjoy the challenge and having the knowledge of knowing how to do this well i can't speak to how much she enjoys it but i can tell you she pulls it off yeah Uh, she has she has uh, we we lived with my son and his girlfriend during the first year of the pandemic and we were all eating keto and three out of the four of us you can guess who the the outlier was were really into researching keto recipes and making incredibly delicious uh foods including desserts and uh, we, so we have a, quite a repertoire of great recipes now. Yeah, I think it's a challenge initially, but like everything, it's just taking that first step to try to figure out where to go. Let's talk a little bit about supplements and the keto diet. Supplement, yeah, okay. Supplements are funny. Okay, I'm going to, how much time do we have, Steve? Not a whole lot, I think. Well, so, <laughs> well, just give, oh, us right. the, give us the high spots. The high spots. <laughs> supplements. In general, supplements can be an industry that is fraught with lots of misinformation and, and profiteering and so forth. But there are some supplements that make a lot of sense. And I am my, my main supplements that I recommend almost to everybody are a vitamin D supplement. A couple thousand units a day. I get it at Costco. And why vitamin D? Well, vitamin D has a lot of, of functions in the body. Most people know that children if don't get enough vitamin D will get rickets and adults go get bone thinning. Uh, but also it helps modulate the immune system, pain uh, and pain uh, uh, perception and a lot of other things. And why don't why do we need to supplement it? Because we, we're supposed to get it through our skin and we're supposed to get it from walking butt naked on the savanna of Africa. And very few of us do that anymore. So since Speak we wear clothes <laughs> <laughs> So since we wear clothes and since we uh, you know try to protect our skin with sunscreen and so forth, the ultraviolet light we try to keep away, um, it's good to take a supplement of that because you just don't get enough. Most people are a little deficient. Yeah sadly, you know uh, I in my 
other life, I worked in construction, so I constantly got sun. But I can see now in our society where everybody is so in front of the computer and really don't go outdoors enough that supplementing right. is important. Right. Plus, our skin wasn't designed to last in bright sunshine for 60, 70 years. We're supposed to be dead by the age of 35 or so. So we never got skin cancer. But, you know, it's a trade-off. So supplementation is a good idea. The other one is fish oil. Um, High-quality omega-3 fish oil is something that they've – omega-3s they've taken out of our grains and so forth because they allowed them to go rancid and they had a short shelf life. And so they've become out of the oils they use. And so we're pretty deficient in them. Uh, so taking an omega-3 supplement or a fish oil supplement or krill oil supplement is probably a good idea. Those are my, and then a vitamin with minerals as we get older, because we, minerals, vitamins are in everything. Vitamins are overrated. Minerals, on the other hand, you got to get from the soil and our soils are somewhat depleted. So vitamin with mineral supplement, those are my big three. Vitamin D, a, a multivitamin with minerals and some omega-3 fatty acids. You know, and I have to concur, John, after being in the fitness industry for years and being bombarded with lots of people that wanted to sell supplements, uh, I think you have to kind of be cautious about what you recommend and what you don't recommend, and those recommendations seem solid to me. They're the same things that I would recommend to people. Then there are some other supplements which are are basically food extracts, cold-extracted food extracts, and those actually can be useful. Um, there, uh, the original one, I think it was called Juice Plus, might have been pretty good. And there's one called um, Extra, X-T-R-A, by a company called Univera. But what these are, Stephen, these are extracts of multiple plants. They don't have, they don't have fat in them. They don't have carbohydrates. And they don't have any calories to speak of. What they are, they're the colored parts of a blueberry. They're the colored parts of a red pepper. They're called polyphenols. And these are very useful to tell our bodies that it's okay to burn energy. This is a system we have where we, our bodies are in tune with the environment. Are, are there enough plants to eat out there? Is it, a good, is it a good year? And if the answer is yes, we, we spend more time in our bodies fixing things, which is a good thing. Uh, cleaning up the back of the uh, retina uh, from something called lipofusion or, or repairing cartilage. We need to get permission to spend the calories to do that. And in many cases, we get permission by these polyphenols that are in plants, uh, fruits and vegetables. But you can't really get enough of them um, in, in farmed plants. And so I recommend uh, for many people uh, pl- cold extracts of fruits and vegetables that, uh, and again, I mentioned too, Juice Plus is one that was probably a forerunner on this, and then Univera's product Extra, XTRA, I take, I've been taking that since 2007. That would be my definition of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> There's no calories in either of them. You, you'll get thin really quick if that's all you eat. Yeah, you don't even have to drive there. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it, it is. It's really interesting. I know my wife and I's experience, and I'm going to put a, a just a little bit of a plug in there, because mm-hmm. I don't think that everything we've ever used had had near the effects that it should have had but the one that we have seen an effect in are vitamins for your eyes and boy uh for anybody out there who's struggling with eye problems probably a good idea to look at ocuvite or a similar product right and they do have, it's not vitamins per se, but it is some of these polyphenols that we're talking about that are included in that product, uh, as well as some, um, there are some vitamins as well. You've got to be careful, though. You don't want to overdose on vitamin A at all, and you definitely don't want to take high doses of vitamin E. They have been shown to increase heart attack risk, and you can have liver damage. So you can have small amounts in a multivitamin, but don't, don't do lots of them. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, John, it went by real fast, always does, and there's 
we could cover lots more and we may just do that in the very near future as always it's always a pleasure to have you i i you keto master you (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for having me back uh as always i i hope that you and your wife have continued success and can enlighten people on this activity thanks thanks for listening to this kpov podcast kpov is community radio for the high desert of central oregon for more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.